Alright everyone, welcome back to episode 9 of the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm here with Marcus. How's it going everybody? Tyler. Hey, how's it going? And I am Jake. Uh, really excited for this episode of the podcast, for one event in particular to talk about, which will be a big part of the podcast. Uh, but before we get into any of that, let's start off the show with our fake sponsor of the week. Marcus, take it away. Here we go. Uh, for anyone out there listening, uh, looking for a sponsorship, this is a placeholder for an eventual sponsorship that we would like to get. Uh, you'll be featured right at the beginning of the show and right at the break, or really whenever you ask us to, we will do anything for your money. Uh, we'll do some nasty things. Uh, speaking of nasty things, this week's fake sponsor for the Vancouver Boys podcast is Punish Tube, now streaming all Leaf playoff games since 2004. <laughs> oh my god, man. It's Steve Dangle with a live commentary. <laughs> wow. I, I told you I wasn't sure if I could do this one. Oh yeah, that's good, man. That's good. That's, that is... uh, yeah. There is one other big top story that I just wanted to get into right off the bat, and that's uh, Tyler. How's the weather where you are? <laughs> Dude, it is hot. <laughs> How much longer are we going to do this? He's right beside you. I think forever. Oh, I love this segment. It is hot. <laughs> it's hot. God, it's been like 30 It's going rain. Yeah. It's going rain. <laughs> yeah, the weather's beautiful. I can't wait to get out on the lake, so let's wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. And thank you, everybody, for joining us on the Vancouver yeah. Boys podcast. That'll be it for today. We're all going out to the lake. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before we get too far into the podcast, we'll just remind our listeners, uh, you can find us on Instagram at Vancouver Boys Podcast. Uh, we have a new TikTok account uh, at the Vancouver Boys Podcast. And if you want to email us for any sort of business ventures or endeavors, you can reach us at VancouverBoysHockey at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's jump into the uh, topics of today's episode. There we go. And I think the first thing that we should talk about before we get too far into it is some, uh, some Canucks talk. Uh, let's start by touching on the draft lottery. Not a lot of people probably thought they were gonna win. Their odds were pretty low. I think it was like 5%. Uh, but, you know, as usual, frustrating for Canucks fans coming into another draft lottery and, you know, not just missing out on top pick, but not getting the second either. Yeah, no, it, it was tough. Um, I think most Canucks fans are just relieved that we didn't slip to 12th because while improbable, it was a possibility. If all three teams that won the top three picks were ranked below us, we could have gotten bumped all the way back to 12th. I think most Canucks fans are just happy that we didn't slip again because not counting our most recent playoff year, that would have actually made six in a row where we have fallen from where we're supposed to pick. And just a small correction, they changed it this year to two. There were only two picks. I'm sorry, that's yeah. correct. So they could have yeah. fallen to 11th. But yeah. your point still stands. Yeah. It's we didn't fall to 11th, which so is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Luke Hughes is ranked to go 8th overall. Keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know how much it would cost to move up one pick. I don't think it costs that much. Well, I mean, I think you're going to have to move past New Jersey if you want to. Yeah, well, that's the problem. They're picking, I think, fourth or fifth. And I'm not seeing them pass over Luke Hughes. Yeah. Not when Jack Hughes openly admitted to reporters that he said, if, if he's there, we should take him. Yeah. It's kind of hard to argue with your franchise player to, to the fans, right? What are the odds of us trading our pick with Seattle in kind of a deal to give them a better player from our team as well to open up a, a spot that's for an them to take somebody? That's, that's really interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, if we swap picks with them, but then how much better of a player do they want? Because you got to think, for them, that's moving down. That's not moving down one spot. That's moving down five, six spots. They have the second overall pick. Do they, oh, sorry. Hit them and Anaheim flipped. I'm just so... Because everyone finished almost exactly where they yeah. were supposed to. I keep forgetting that there was some movement. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they would be moving... Quite a ways. They'd be moving eight picks then, essentially. So it depends on what kind of a player that they would want in return, right? If they're wanting, you know, right now it's looking like their two best options from us are going to be Braden Holtby and Zach McEwen. Those will probably be the two. The one I know that uh, they wanted and were interested in was uh, Tyler Mott. 
uh, but that was before the whole Jake Vertanen incident happened. So it looked like we were going to protect Vertanen and expose Mott, but they, they wanted him. But if it's anything more than that, I don't know. That's and a, I don't that's think steep. Tyler Mott carries enough trade value to move you up that far. I feel like yeah. it would have to be a Niels Hoaglander. And he's situation. not going anywhere. I love that. Kid. I mean, you could argue maybe like Jet Wu. He's a pretty valuable prospect. That's one I would consider, actually. I like Jet Wu a lot, but I don't know where he caps off in the NHL. So I think that that would, that would be fair. If I saw that trade, I wouldn't be upset. If we swapped picks with Seattle and threw in Jet Wu, that's a trade I'm willing to make. I think that benefits both teams. And let them take Mott in the expansion? Yeah, yeah. Probably, because yeah, because again, you, in the first round, moving up that far that early, that's you know you can ask for a fair bet for that. So I, I would say that's I think that's very fair for both teams, honestly. Yeah. And I think this is something that will definitely be touched on when we do our episode that focuses on the expansion draft, because the fact that they're picking second overall is going to change the way that they approach the expansion draft. Absolutely, it um, will. We're not going to be the only team wondering if we can move up and you know yeah. swap a few things around. And especially because the distance between how good each player is in the top 10 is so small that there could be movement or there could be none. Hopefully we'll see that the, the Canucks make a move because I think that uh, it definitely would benefit them a lot to make those, those small moves because I think they do have enough depth talent that they could spare a Tyler Mott yep. uh, or a prospect or both. So we'll see. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one for sure. Yeah. I, I'd like to see them do something with the pick, honestly. I'm not overly impressed with anyone at nine. I'd like to see them either try to move up or even trade the pick entirely for a, a good roster player, which Benning also quoted he's, he's open to. Yeah. He just said it, it has to be a good return. So I, I, I'm interested to see it, and I kind of hope something happens. In other news uh, regarding the Vancouver Canucks, uh, big news kind of, which I wasn't expecting this to happen this early. I think a lot of Canucks fans probably expected this to happen at some point over the summer. Uh, Pod Colson signed his ELC. That's right. Three he, years. He will be here uh, next next fall. What's uh, what's your take on it, Tyler? I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and even in his interviews and stuff, he said, if the path to the NHL starts with the AHL, he's fine with taking whatever path he has to take to get to the team. Mm -hmm. So I'm super happy about the way he's looking at things. And yeah. Super excited to see him here. I think he's going to yeah. crack the squad and he's going to be a Russian sniper. Yeah, man. I think since day one, I've been like, since they picked him, I said, that is the David Pasternak of this draft. He has so many of the similar features that I noticed with David Pasternak in his draft year. So I think he's going to be an awesome player for the team. And, and if, if we can go to watch games in Abbotsford, Abbotsford and watch uh, the Silly Pud Coles. Oh, I'll be first in line for tickets, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. That'd like, be insane. Buy season awesome. tickets. Yeah, right? Holy yeah. shit. It's going to be it's gonna be awesome next year to watch him play. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it was cool. I was in the building when he got drafted, and it was impossible to get tickets to that, but season ticket members got a pre-sale. Uh, and I went there with my grandpa for Father's Day. I took him. It was super fun. It was a cool event. Uh, but as soon as they picked him, like, we started talking after, and we're like, all right, what do we think of this guy? And he mentioned the one reason a lot of Russians slip a little bit in the draft is simply because there's the worry that they will stay in the KHL, much like the Nikita Trampkin situation, mm -hmm. where he just almost uses them to leverage contracts off of each other, the NHL versus the KHL. And there's always that risk, especially because he already had a three-year contract with the KHL when we signed him. And basically, I look at this as a huge, not a huge steal, but he would have gone higher had every team known with certainty that not only was he willing to come to the NHL, but even work his way up in the AHL and do what the team needed him to do. And he wasn't going to make ridiculous demands and just threaten that he would stay in Russia until the, um, it's not a contract, but until the ownership rights of him die off of the team, which is what we're having happen with Nikita Trampkin this year, is we no longer own him after this summer. So... Uh, I'm super happy about it. Can't wait to see him play. I think he's going to look great on our second and or third line, probably rotating through them throughout the season. I think he's going to look wicked. Yeah, the Canucks' uh, future looking forward is definitely going to be a lot brighter than it had been in the past. And it's funny, this team has had like a rookie sensation every year for like the last five years. just seems they always have a young player that's making an influence every year. And next year it could be Pud Colson. 
and the year after that, it could be Aturati or Luke Hughes. Or it's going to be Luke Hughes. Um, yeah, they actually just mentioned this is the first year in four years that we haven't had a player nominated for the Calder. And again, with Pod Colson, I don't want to jump the gun and say that it's going to happen, but next year it could happen again, at least with getting nominated, yeah. uh, depending on his competition, what he's up against. I'm excited to see him, man. I, I think he's going to look great, and I think he definitely could make a run for the Calder. And that would put us in five out of six years having a nomination. So that's typically pretty good building blocks for a contender down the road. So I guess we should probably talk about some teams that are actually playing games, including the game that uh, is going on right now between the Hurricanes and the Lightning. Tied it, tied it nothing, uh, unfortunately. I hope to see the Tampa Bay score a few more goals. But I guess we should probably touch on some news that's happened over the past week before we start talking about things that are going on right now. And I think the first thing we should probably start off with, which is the one that I know most people have been talking about a lot this week, would be the Mark Shifley railroading Jake Evans into the face and driving his head into the ice. Now, obviously, my opinion on it probably isn't going to be a positive one, but I'd really like to uh, leave this open for you guys to touch on before we, we get right into that topic. Well... It was a disgusting hit. Uh, this is... I've seen some people comparing this to the John Tavares hit from the first series. There is no comparison. This was an intentional hit. Shifley charged him basically from his own goal line all the way up to the next goal line. Uh, it was intentional. It was dirty. I don't think he should play another game in this series, to be honest with you. I think if he does, you are looking at a Tom Wilson-type aftermath situation where the, the entire Montreal Canadiens will be headhunting him. I, I would be, if that was my teammate. I, I wouldn't want that guy to play another minute. So I think he should be out for the series. I don't believe he's a repeat offender, and I know that usually they dial back the discipline in the playoffs a little bit. It, it won't be like what it would have been had it happened in the regular season. But I, I don't like it one bit. I, I don't think that belongs in the game. Well, just for context, you're aware... Uh about uh, an hour ago, so at 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, the suspension was handed out. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. So there's an update on that, um, which I'm sure listeners in the future will be well aware of. Uh, it is a four-game suspension for Mark Shifley. So, well, they better hope the series doesn't go six. No, well, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mark Shifley is arguably the best player on that team. Uh, I think back to last year in the bubble when he got injured in game one against Calgary Flames, and that team just withered away to nothing. So I think him being gone is a huge impact for that team and uh, makes it a lot easier for Montreal to win games. But that, that enforces the stupidity of the hit. If your team relies on you to win games or to not win games, which is what Winnipeg has been doing so far, um, don't do dumb shit, Yeah. right? Don't throw that hit. It, it was needless. I agree. It was kind of, it was disgusting. Did not need to happen at all. Um, if you watch and slow it down, he slows down so that he can perfectly line up that hit. Yeah. But if he would have kept skating, I guarantee you he would have stopped that goal. And they still would have had a minute left to get a chance to score. But he had no intention of playing the puck. Was going, he knew what he was doing. Evan's, Evan's line was locking him up the whole night. They did absolutely nothing. That line looked terrible. And he was frustrated. He took it out on Evan's. He was going for the hit the whole way, and I think four games is is fair because he's not a repeat offender. Um, he's usually a very clean player, to say the less. But, um, yeah, I think for sure it was disgusting, and there's no, no need for it in the game. I fully agree. I think my take on the situation is very similar to you guys, so I won't just reiterate what you have to say. But, uh, yeah, I just... I'm really disappointed because for the second year in a row, like I mentioned before, Shifley's going to be out of this series. And it's just like, there's no need. You know, he's not that type of player. Obviously, he was getting frustrated, like you mentioned. And yeah, it's disappointing that this team's going to be short one of their best players for a reason that it just didn't need, it didn't need to happen. And then do we have an update on Evan's injury yet or how long he's going to be out? Or is uh, it still just indefinitely? Montreal said that he is in stable condition. He has a concussion. Uh, he's in the hotel with the team. Um, yeah, I think, I think they're, they're basically just saying it's a concussion. He's out pretty much indefinitely. Yeah. Concussions take a long time to come back from. 
Yeah, and they've added some pretty rigorous testing in the NHL too because they were catching teams before playing concussed players because they needed the win. Yeah. Uh, the Paul Korea incident comes to mind. Everyone remembers that. Yeah, his career was derailed because of the Scott Stevens. Yeah. Ugh, let's not get into Scott Stevens. Man. That night, guy night. single-handedly <laughs> ended so many people's careers. Yeah. With his ridiculous open ice hit, hip checks and shoulders to the jaw. Like, that guy was insane. It looks like Shifley took notes on lining up that hit from him. Yeah, right? Yeah, that was brutal. It was like an elbow just square to the face and with so much power behind it, too. Yeah. That's the one thing I feel like common folk like me don't always understand is how much power an NHL player can hit you with. And especially when you've been lining it up for that long from that far away, that's like getting hit by a truck. So anyone who's trying to compare this Evans and Shifley incident to the Perry-Tavares situation, you're ridiculous. Enough said. That's it. I noticed also today the, uh, the Calder um, finalists were revealed. And I was a little bit surprised. I mean, I don't think anyone's surprised that Kirill Kaprasov is in there and he's obviously going to win it. But uh, Robertson, yeah, he had a really good season too. Probably the next best contender for that. Uh, and then immediately after that was uh, Nedeljkovic, goalie for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Hoaglander snubbed. <clears throat> Hoaglander had a good year. He had a good year. Snubbed. Not a Calder year. Not a Calder year. Yeah, no. I'll, I'll admit that. I'll admit that. Love that kid, though. He works harder than the rest of them. Absolutely. They, he they, doesn't have the numbers to show. Yeah. Well, they, they went over, um, uh, they, they had some of the scouts talking about him and actually mentioned that they're like, this is almost used as an insult in the drafting world when you say, yeah, the kid works hard because usually it means they don't get anything done, yeah. but you can tell they're buzzing around. Yeah. They said with him, that's not the case. Like he works hard. He can get things done. He just has to progress a bit more at the NHL level. He's just not quite where he needs to be at yet. Sure. But in a, in a regular year, I think he spends half the season in the minors anyway. I don't think he would have been on the NHL roster the whole year if this was a regular year. Why do you say that? Just with, you need to think about not only the COVID situation, but the situation that the Canucks specifically were in. We could only call up and send down so many guys right, throughout yeah. the season. We had a limit on how many we could do. So we didn't want to have him buried down there the whole year. We actually did the same thing with Michael DiPietro, but it didn't work out for him because he didn't end up playing a single game all season. We basically robbed that kid of a year of his own development. And I, I think that was an idiotic move. But again, we thought, okay, well, if we lose a goalie, we have no one left. So we have to have him up here, right? I think it started out as one of those situations. Like I said, I think he would have ended up in the NHL eventually. I just feel like between that and even between um, the Erickson with his contract and everything, I, I just don't see it. Uh, I, I think he would have spent some time in the minors. Maybe not even half the season, but at least a few games. All right, that's a good take. Uh, we got a question. Do you think the Canucks will trade for Seth Jones? I don't think they will, personally. That's just my opinion. However, that would be a really boring answer to the question. So let's speculate a little bit here. Let's pretend a phone call has been made from Jim Benning to whoever's in charge of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yarmo Kekalainen. They are probably not going to answer the phone. <laughs> yeah, right. Just Yarmo. throwing that out there. Yarmo and, sees the phone ring and he goes, yeah. Yeah. no. And, and Jim, then, I don't think so. Yeah. So assuming he misses the end call button and hits speaker, <laughs> and now he's forced to listen to Jim Benning ramble on for a while. <laughs> About how good Eric Erickson is. <laughs> <laughs> he missed man. <laughs> bribes people Chinese government stuff I don't know. Yeah, it's a whole Huawei situation <laughs> holy let's reference the least listened to episodes of our <laughs> podcast okay so Benning picks up the phone Columbus accidentally answers what, what's Benning offering here like I, I'm too biased in this situation what do you guys think Seth Jones is let's say what he's worth to give up and what Columbus thinks he's worth that they're going to want to get I mean, Seth Jones is one of those players that you're probably not just going to draft. Like, he's a solid player. He can take 
<laughs> You're gonna draft me for oh, the Nashville Predators, though. Oh, I'm pretty sure Nashville did that. <laughs> Thank you for lobbing that one up for me and then traded him away. Yeah, for a. Hey, What'd you guys get in that draft? Or in the, sorry, in that trade? Ryan Johansson. Ooh. Yeah, it was a one for one. Yeah. Local guy, Ryan Johansson. Is that local enough for yes, you, by the way? That's local enough for okay. me. Okay. <laughs> what about Lucas Johansson? Is that guy local enough? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> also wasn't playing the NHL yet. Um, no, I think I think you're obviously going to have to get rid of something good. I think you would need to pool something with Schmidt because you need the contract space. Yeah. Um, well, what's Columbus needing right now? Do, do they need more defense? Everything. Every, dude, Columbus <laughs> yeah. cannot they have, get anyone to stay. They have line A. You know who might be willing to stay? Ole Ulevi. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I really. He's, he's trying to put together a realistic pitch, and you're just like taking him off course. <laughs> Let the man speak. Man. I'm sorry. All right, go all ahead, right. Jim Benning. Only you, <laughs> Erickson. Let's yeah, go. Dump off all of the. Um. No. I mean, it's tough because they need a lot. They obviously need defense, so that's where Schmidt comes in. But I think you're gonna have to throw in some decent offense as well. Um, well, we've already know. given away Tyler Mott what? to Seattle. Yeah, I don't know if they're in like win now mode. Who? Or... <laughs> Neither of these teams are in win now. Mode. Well, apparently Vancouver is. Yeah, Benning thinks we are. Okay, well then you can get rid of something like Colwyn. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. I'll admit I don't know if Columbus thinks that's enough, but like it'd <laughs> no. be a draft pick, Lind and Schmidt. Honestly, no. I what don't. What about our ninth overall pick? Oh. With Schmidt and Cole yeah. yeah. Okay, no, that's a, that's, yeah, no, you got a good point, actually. And then we get to retain Tyler Mott because we don't give that pick to Seattle. So, I like that. I, I'm okay with that scenario for us. How old is Seth Jones, anyway? He was drafted in 2013. Yeah, so, so he's that a, would make him about 26, I believe. Yeah. So, he's about the same age as Horvat, which is good. That Horvat is kind of my benchmark for, like, where the core of this team is age-wide. So, like, if you're within three to four years of Bo Horvat's age, perfect. You will fit really well into this core. You're not too young that you're going to hold us back, and you're not too old that you're going to hold us back. I'm okay with that, but again, then you are giving up what is probably going to turn out to be a pretty decent pick, too. just want to pat myself on the back. He is 26 and was drafted in 2015. Excellent wow. job, my friend. Thank you. Wow. This person <laughs> said, Oli Ulevi has been through a lot. Oh, he hadn't been through Columbus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's lucky Tortorella's gone. <laughs> Injury, then COVID, yeah. and then Benning said he lost like 15 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of the players that took it pretty rough when yeah. he got it. Ulevi's had a rough few years. I think that guy is not a guy you want to give up on. His height, his experience, he's been on good teams in the past, junior, and I think he's a guy that you really just don't want to give up on. He's someone you want to keep on your team. He plays positionally well. He had a good year. Don't give up on him. Well, he's finished. So if we draft Atu Ratty, <laughs> at least he can speak to somebody, right? Keep him as a translator. Sure. <laughs> I wonder Atu Ratty's English is. It's any good. Could you translate for him, Tyler? Do you know any Finnish? Booksy. Booksy? <laughs> Is yeah. that what you say after you draft Holy Levy? <laughs> Oopsie! <laughs> Oopsie, I read off the wrong name. Oopsie. <laughs> what does Oopsie translate to? One. One? One? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all our Finnish listeners. <laughs> Coxie's two. Okay, there we go. We can o count to two. <laughs> Oopsie Coxie. <laughs> all right. We're not getting any farther than that. <laughs> All right. Also, I wanted to bring this up, and now it's on the top of my mind. Um, to the person listening from Minnesota. Oh, <laughs> we, we, we have to explain this first. So we, we, <laughs> he didn't know, I'm did sorry. he? He didn't know. So we. So me and wow, Jake. Me and, me and Jake yesterday were just going through. Uh, we we have a, a basically a web page where we can view who's seeing us, kind of what our target demographic is and where the viewership is. 
And as expected, most of it's from Vancouver, kind of scattered around North America. Shout out to our Israeli friend who's listening to us. We have, we have uh, listeners from all over the place, which is awesome. We love to, to know that there's hockey fans all over the place and that they listen to indie podcasts and they like to get caught up in interesting ways. Yeah. Um, unless they're from Minnesota, apparently. <laughs> well, we, we didn't know this when we filmed the last episode, but we have a listener in Minnesota. Had we known that, Tyler probably wouldn't have incinerated their franchise <laughs> for like three minutes straight. And then posted it on social media all over the place. Every page. I used the same Minnesota Wild clip. Oh, God. Was it at least the version where you have the Minnesota jersey on? In, in the profile picture? Nope. No. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so if... Well, I don't know why we're apologizing to him. There's no way he's still watching this. Yeah. He's probably still crying. Yeah, no, no. I'm sure he's in good spirits, but yeah. That was hilarious. I mean, Jake was right about them having one fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I did say that. And he's listening to our podcast. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. Sorry, pal. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we just thought we'd kick you while you're down. Your team just got eliminated. <laughs> hey, Calder though. Calder. Yeah. I mean, you got that going for big. you. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. At least something's exciting about the Minnesota Wild, right? Yep. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Before I say something else about the Wild. <laughs> right. Uh, do you guys mind if I give my take on the, the trade? Yeah, no. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, kind of got on. taken off on a tangent. Yeah. Um, and but, I don't mind. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that this is a player that uh, if a team's going to trade for, they are doing a sign-and-trade. I don't think any team is renting Seth Jones. No, oh, God, I think, no. no. So I think that will weigh into his trade value because if he, if he agrees to sign a 6 by 6 his value is going to be higher than if he agrees to sign an eight by four or whatever, right? We all know how much Benning loves six by six contracts. So I think that will impact his trade value when it comes to the moves that the Yarmulke Kekalainen is going to make. Uh, so uh, I think what, what Tyler mentioned though was right on the nose. I think that Nate Schmidt has to be a part of that trade because he will fit into about the same cap area as Seth Jones will be. Uh, Seth Jones is going to want a bigger contract, but like I mentioned before, you can kind of maneuver things around to make him fit under the cap. Uh, and if he doesn't, then you can just force him to sit out, uh, out for a year <laughs> with a fake injury and then bring him in in the playoffs. That being said, Schmidt, the first I thought was a great idea. I'd add that in. And then, of course, you're going to have to use some young talent. Columbus does have uh, some strong young talent there, um, and they're probably going to want to look to add to it. But in my opinion, I don't think that team's getting any better before they get worse. They don't have enough young talent on the team. So I think that you can probably move a... Do you guys remember who they took in the second round of last year's draft, 2020 draft? Or did they not have a We pick? did not have a first or a second last year. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty tough to find a high-end prospect that's young enough that would fit in with a core should they need to Jet rebuild. Woo. See, that's the thing is... I think Jet Wu is a desirable enough piece to trade. But like we mentioned before, he would be desirable for Seattle. He might be desirable in this trade. You know what one piece is that kind of uh, gets gets a little bit lost for the Canucks? That it, I feel like people don't talk about him enough is Linus Carlson. So everyone remembers we traded Alex Burroughs for Jonathan Dolan. And at the time, it looked like that was a steal of a trade. He was a high-end prospect in Ottawa. Ended up not doing so great traded him to San Jose for one of their prospects who they thought wasn't doing so great, which was Linus Carlson. Hmm. He's been in Sweden. He looks really good. People are saying he could even crack the roster next season. He's just gone really under the radar because he's been in Europe this whole time, and there's not much footage from the league he was in this year. Yeah. Uh, but he's looking like a really good prospect, and if the GM has done his homework, I think he would look at that and possibly take that in place of, like you said, what would have been last year's second. What position does he play? I believe he is a forward. Okay. He is a forward, sorry. I did. I know that he's a forward. I just don't know where he likes to slot in. Okay, well, before we move into the break, I'd like to introduce a uh, new segment to the show, one that I was hoping we could do last week, um, but I wanted to... Uh, <laughs> you guys look awfully shocked. 
I we didn't to, run yeah. this by. We have a docket for a reason, <laughs> man. We re- well, we- what can I say? <laughs> I like surprise. W- welcome to Jake's surprise headline, everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a uh, this is a topic that I, I mentioned to, to Marcus before. I don't know if I brought it up with Tyler. What it is is I really want to talk about the biggest goof of the week. The person that completely embarrassed themselves or the team that embarrassed themselves or whatever that I think we need to point out and uh, <laughs> and talk about. And so I will let you know who the biggest goof of the week is. We'll take our break and then we'll get into it. And I'm glad that this is the first week that we're debuting this segment because as you well know, the biggest goof of the week is the entire Toronto Maple Leafs organization. So Marcus, I will let you give us our fake sponsor of the week in this, in this break, and then we'll get back and start talking. This week's fake sponsor of the Vancouver Boys podcast is PunishTube, now streaming all Toronto Maple Leafs playoff games since 2004. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. Second half of the show. Uh, like we mentioned in before the break, we got to talk about the Leafs now. Um, Buckle in. <laughs> Boys, they were up 3-1 in the series. What happened? So that gives us the classic quote, the Leafs blew a 3-1 series lead to my second favorite team, the Montreal Canadiens, who also happens to be their least favorite team, possibly other than the Bruins. Everything about this (laughs) storyline, man, makes me so happy. A huge dub for Canada, anyone outside of Southern Ontario. Should be extremely happy with the results. Um, unless you were brought up as an out-of-town uh, Leafs fan, in which case, man. What I, happened in like, your childhood? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Your parents beat you or something? <laughs> yeah. You guys only have one TV? What, what happened there? Yeah. That's, That's a rough household to have to grow up in. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. How do you feel like Steve Dangle's think, kid? Man, no. I think he's kid. debating on whether or not he wants to raise a kid as a Leafs fan. But I think the big thing with this series is... You know, a lot of times you say, oh, this team blew a lead, this team blew a lead. But a lot of times you have to say, okay, but the other team played really well. But they but didn't. that's the thing, right, is that this series was the Leafs just blew it. Yeah. Like, they, they had pressure, didn't score. The, 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 the way that I kind of quantify it is that, like, what was it, game six? Two shots in overtime? Like, you clearly blew the game. you you got to capitalize when you have that much pressure. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to remember as well. Playoff carry Price is playoff carry Price. He made some remarkable saves. He did, but the Leafs also have the best goal scorer in the NHL. And that's hard for me to admit, by the way, but it's true. He is currently the best goal scorer in the NHL. He won the Rocket. They have Mitch Marner, who's top five in scoring outside of the playoffs. I think his playoff goals percentage is like 0.02. Yeah, he hasn't scored in the last 16 playoff games. Yeah. All of which first-round games, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, Nylander seemed like... And of all... Of the three of those guys, the one guy that I just always kind of predicted would be kind of a slacker and just not pull his weight would have been Nylander. And ironically, but he was the one that he had the He seemed like he was the one just, just doing everything in his power to put the team on his back. Even scoring a meaningless goal at the very end of Game 7. Yeah, almost like a little way to say, at least I was trying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I would have never thought that really in a situation this early that Marner would be a more likely trade piece than Nylander, right? But but he is. I can genuinely see them shipping Marner out. I really can. Line and Seth Jones? Why is that got to be such a, like, a good take? Yeah. A sign and trade for That's... Seth with Line Because that... Fixes problems for everyone. Yeah, Columbus doesn't want Line A anymore. Have you ever heard something that like confuses you because it makes so much sense? Yeah. What'd you and the other thing? That, that? The other thing that <laughs> d- drives me crazy about that take is that like usually you have to go, yeah, but maybe a pick here and there's some nothing. Retention it's there, perfect. But, like, it, yeah. it levels out everywhere. The only thing would be that Marner has so much like so many years left on his contract. 
So maybe not there. But even there, like Columbus isn't signing anyone in the off season. No, they they can't. They who's can't gonna play in Columbus? The only, Dude, that is such a good take. The only unrealistic thing I find is just because of how long Leafs fans trashed on Line A, just because of the whole Matthews versus Line A thing. Oh, yeah. it would be fucking. Perfect. That'd be hilarious yeah. that they'd be they line get mates. Both. Yeah, that's that's crazy though. Like, how many drafts does a team get the first and second overall pick? I can think of one where the team got the second and third. I bet you. It was can. your Vancouver Canucks yeah, in 1999 <laughs> when Brian Burke did the most ridiculous draft gymnastics I've ever seen. Yeah. Walked out of there with the best Canucks of all time. But yeah, that would be cool. That's a great idea. Yeah. Jones and Line A for Marner. Dubas and what'd you say his name was like Lekalainen or something? Yarmo Kekalainen. Kekalainen. He's a uh, excellent hockey. Name. He's a uh, Tyler. Where, where's he from? <laughs> For those of you who didn't listen listen to episode four specifically, Tyler is Finnish. Yeah, take notes, do this. Or any of the podcasts where we talk about Aturati and this man just perks <laughs> up. Yeah. But I, we don't explain that it's because he's Finnish. Yeah. I just feel like Seth Jones would help would fix that defense. Yeah. And Line would add Scoring depth just like yeah. Marner. That defense would go from being pretty good to insane if yeah. they added Jones to that line. Because then you could you could work something with Matthews Nylander and then Tavares line A so you don't have two snipers on the same line. Yeah, because that would just yeah, you know, that would just cripple your team. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. No. And then you could re-sign Hyman. Because right now they're not going to have cap to sign Hyman. Yeah, that's crazy. I really hope that Dubas doesn't think of that because that <laughs> would uh, that would make them pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I, a- excellent take. I really got to hand that one to yeah. you. Great but, job. But you know what? Enough positivity when it comes to yeah. the Leafs. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Let's right. focus. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. The Leafs suck. <laughs> Let's focus um, more you on You know the what? I even remember uh, Jake sent me a post a fair bit earlier this season with an anonymous, or sorry, a quote from an anonymous NHL player somewhere in the league, uh, just kind of trashing the Leafs and saying they will never make it anywhere in the playoffs. They don't care enough. The guys don't have any heart. It's all a bunch of superstars that only care about themselves. They don't understand how to work as a team. It it won't work, Uh, despite how the media tries to play them off as this big, happy family, and they Mm -hmm. all love each other, and there's dads, and there's, you know... He said, it's not like that in real life. They And don't know who that quote was, but all the comments were just, I mean, I guess this ended up on a lot of Leafs fans' pages. Mm-hmm. But they were just incinerating. Oh, this guy's obviously a scrub. He's just jealous. He wishes he was yeah. on the Leafs. And what happens to the Leafs? Yeah. The same thing that always happens to the Leafs. Yeah. Never do change. Th- Never change. Do you think, change. though, then, like, the solve for that is just maturity? Is it just Marner and Matthews and Nylander just kind of going through the years, taking these L's, embarrassing themselves, and then not wanting to feel that way again? Well, here's the thing. is This group went through um, the Washington Capitals, which in all fairness, half of them were rookies that year, I think. Washington, no, it was the year after their rookie seasons. Uh, Washington was expected to win that series. And they even pushed them to six. People credited them for that. So, but they lost that series. They lost Boston round two, technically. Then Boston round three. Then Columbus. Now, and, and Columbus especially should have been an easy win. So should the Montreal Canadiens. If they haven't learned by now, that's five. Four of which they at least had a chance to win. Two of which they were the heavy favorites to win. If they haven't learned by now, how many more first-round exits do you wait until they mature, right? Because they brought in... I I have to say, too, I I don't like the Leafs at all, for anyone that hasn't caught that yet. But Dubas, I have no problem with. I think Dubas is a great GM. I look at the moves he's made. What did he do wrong, right? He has elite forwards. He has veteran presence. That, that have a lot of playoff experience. He finally has defense. They got some of the best cold tending I've seen the Leafs get in my lifetime. Dubas did nothing wrong. He built what should have been a cup contender. And Spezza was arguably, arguably their best player in the playoffs. Yeah. It, it, it's just like, 
That's why I don't know if it comes down to maturity. It seems like they have built a cursed roster. There's no such thing as a cursed roster. There's there's problems. I'm right? a Canucks fan, dude. There are cursed rosters. <laughs> At one point, Derek Pouliot was our number one defenseman. There are cursed rosters. <laughs> no, that's a bad roster. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not the right definition of cursed. But, like, I mean, I cannot think of an example of a team or player that has just been too good right now that didn't go all the way. You bite your tongue. <laughs> All right, Jake, what's your take on this? Um, uh, can you think of anyone that's ever been too good right now? I can think mm. of a goalie. And speaking of goalies... <laughs> so before Jake just tries to defend the Nashville Predators, uh, let's jump back to Toronto for a little bit because we're not done incinerating them yet. Okay. Uh, well, my take on the entire series, I guess, would just be that, like I had mentioned before, they have a maturity issue. Solving the team through that trade that Tyler mentioned, I mean... That fixes a lot of the problems. Um, then again, I think it's funny that so many people dog on the team because they lost out in the first round again. But I mean, how many people really thought this team was going to win the cup? You know what I mean? Like, how many te- how many people looked at the Toronto Maple Leafs and went, yeah, they're better than Colorado. They're better than Tampa. If they made it out of the division, I don't know if they last five games. Exactly. Like, yeah, it sucks they lost in the first round. This could be better than them making it to the third round and getting knocked out. Because it would be probably not just as embarrassing, but, you know, at least relatively embarrassing to get swept in the third round and have everyone say, oh, you only made it because you were in the north, you know? So I think there are positives to take away from this. And if you're a Leafs fan and you're listening, then get out. at least get the solace in that. <laughs> Leave. Make, you do realize that, like, doors that way. I swear, that, like, fifty percent of hockey fans are Leaf fans. They have a huge fan base. Yeah, and they. But you know what? My argument to that is, I'm not trying to attract them to our podcast because they have more than enough, like, yeah. Sportsnet and TSN pumped content yeah. at them. Yeah. They're probably not clamoring for a, a way to hear about their team anymore. Yeah. In fact, I would bet yeah, over actually, the last uh, week they probably heard more than they want about their team. I think that that like commentary about how Toronto media covers the Leafs so well and like they're super biased towards the Leafs and they talk about them too much is they're pretty self-aware of that because I was looking uh, or I was watching Tim and Friends you guys know Tim and Friends it's yes a, the old you know, Tim and the Sid. old Tim and Tim and Sid right and Tim McAuliffe was uh, talking about uh, the Shifley incident and he was kind of defending Shifley a little bit and a viewer tweeted into the show and said oh if that was a Leafs player you would have you wouldn't have had that take yeah and he responded to that oh yeah and he kind of said that you know it's ridiculous that we keep seeing this we're not biased we're we're a Canadian really yeah and I thought I was even going to record it and then post it on our social media because I thought it was such an interesting thing that there there are not a lot of reporters or analysts that would be confident enough or self-aware enough to comment on the fact that this exists, this, cri- this criticism of them that they're being biased exists. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting and I wanted to bring that up with you guys and get your, um, your reactions to that. I still agree that it's way too biased. And people are always going to say it's not, it's not, it's not, but when you're looking at it from the outside, I'm not really cheering for any of the Canadian teams as my number one team. And I can see that it's mainly Leafs hockey. So I maybe because I don't have my head shoved all the way up there, that I just see it that way. I don't know. Well, I'm going to start from the top, and I'm going to break this down. You do not get a national reputation for something that you don't do. The consensus around the entire country is that they are totally biased towards the Leafs, towards the Blue Jays, the Raptors, which makes more sense because I get it, those are the only teams in their leagues in Canada. But they are completely biased towards the Leafs. They would not have that reputation across the country if they didn't do it. On top of that, funny enough, on TSN, which I find to be even more biased, and maybe that's why, Jay Onright has actually addressed this also, but admitted it. Um, this was the year that Toronto and Winnipeg were the only two teams from Canada that made the playoffs. And he mentioned, he's like, hey, we've taken some heat for being a little too Toronto-centric. So for our top 10 plays 
or whatever, their, their highlight reel that they would do. Yeah. It was, we're going to do top 10 Leafs and Jets plays from this season. And he kind of had that joke with, it was a pretty funny show with uh, Dan O'Toole, who kind of yelled from the back and went, so it's even then, 50-50. He goes, yep. He goes, so who's number one? Well, that doesn't matter now, does it? <laughs> and he goes, and we're starting off at number 10 with Winnipeg. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, they are completely biased towards the Leafs. My last point that I will bring up, because I can't run on about this forever. I can, but I shouldn't. <laughs> We did warn the listeners, though, that this would be a big part of the second half of the show. Yeah. Would be Leafs talk, unfortunately. That's right. Um, Hopefully some subversive Leafs talk. We're biased now. Yeah, now we're biased. (laughs) Shut up about the Leafs. (laughs) Back to the wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As I was saying, the last point that I will bring up is that I went on, just, just out of curiosity, actually because of something that Jake mentioned to me, he said, you know what, it doesn't even feel like the Habs won this series, it feels like the Leafs lost. And I was kind of like, yeah, you're right, and that was really, that sucks as someone who, again, was cheering for Montreal. So I went, I ended up on Bar Down's Instagram page. For those of you who don't know Bar Down, it's a division of TSN. They're a lot bigger than us. If you're listening, you probably know who they are. Yeah. Um, I went onto their Instagram page. There were 14 posts about the Toronto Maple Leafs made after the Game 7 result was in. There were three about the Montreal Canadiens. So they were seeing just over four times as much Leaf content as Habs content, despite the fact that the Habs won that game. It, it was embarrassing. It, they should be embarrassed to be pumping that out. It was hard, as again, as a hockey fan, to watch that and think, geez. You know, and I get, I'm sure Montreal has their own uh, outlets that are in French, so I'm sure they have their own Montreal-heavy bias media. But it's not like there's not English-speaking uh, Habs fans out there. Well, do you guys remember the post that I, I sent to you guys earlier in the week? And it was a comment on a TikTok of a French-Canadian hockey fan. And they had mentioned that they were completely bilingual. They were perfectly bilingual. They could go English or French. didn't matter. So they chose to listen to the French-Canadian hockey media over the English-Canadian hockey media because they were a little bit better at focusing on more than just the Leafs, but they still mentioned the Leafs. And of course, there's only one team in French Canada, but it helps kind of with that perspective of there's this person that's actively choosing not to listen to English media, even though they can and might be their preference, to go on a completely other route because of the way that it's biased towards one particular team over the others. And I think that should also kind of end the argument that I, I've seen a lot of Leafs fans make, and it's, oh yeah, well they're just pandering to their biggest audience. You think a French-Canadian television channel doesn't have their biggest audience in Montreal? I would bet 95% of them just want to hear about the Habs, yet they still do a better job of covering the Canadian National Hockey League than the English side does. So that, that should say it all right there. Yeah. All right, uh, why don't we jump into some questions from our listeners? Uh, but before we do, Marcus, a quick word. Yeah, uh, so these questions we're about to read off are from our Instagram. Every Wednesday we throw up a story, uh, basically asking you guys to submit some questions, takes, or comments, and uh, we'll discuss them on the show. Uh, we actually got a huge response this week, so much so that I'm sorry some of you will not get your comments read off as we don't have enough time. Uh, but always throw in some responses. We love seeing what you guys have to say. We'll always try to respond to you. Uh, our Instagram is at Vancouver Boys Podcast. Every Wednesday we'll take your questions. Thursday we'll record them and we try to have them up by Friday. So uh, reach out, give us a follow and uh, you won't miss any of the action. So jumping in, I think there's a few questions here that uh, we have uh, indirectly already answered. So I'll just quickly uh, mention them. Okay. Uh, we got a question here uh, from an Adrian. Uh, got to talk about the Shifley hit. Uh, how many game suspension and did we think it was clean? Uh, earlier in the show we had mentioned uh, it's a four game suspension um, and we gave our takes on it. So there's that one. Not clean. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. clean. Not clean. Next question was uh, draft lottery reaction and uh, how another bright player's career will be wasted in Buffalo. And unfortunately, Buffalo doesn't trade their first round picks every year. So every year, there's a player who gets his career wasted in Buffalo. 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, though, they, they have to draft someone, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless they illegally test players. <laughs> That's right. Owen Powers is going to play with Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah. They're going to yeah. have a nice little first-line D pairing. Nobody to Playing around goals. a bunch of plugs. And, I mean, Dahlin hasn't really played up to his potential. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe bringing in a, an elite, elite, elite defenseman to play with him is the best play here. Seth Jones. Who's the best option for the Canucks to take with the ninth overall? Luke Hughes. <clears throat> Aturati. And I'm going to go with, I mean, it, it really depends who's available. I think best player available is their best way to go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think these guys are right hitting the nail on the head with, uh, with those picks. Lucas Hughes. So the next question comes from our longtime listener, the Spawn of Satan, devil himself friend of the uh, show friend <laughs> friend of the show the devil himself <laughs> and his question is um, a great one uh, what would you guys do in the off season as the Canucks GM because this is such a deep topic that we could go so far into we're just going to limit it to one quick little idea each um, to help move the Canucks in a more positive direction and to any of our listeners um, that want to ask a similar question, because we could give our takes on many different teams, we're well educated on a lot of the positions that a lot of teams are in, feel free, ask us about your team, and uh, we'd be more than happy to talk about which direction we think that team should go in. Um, if I'm making one move as the GM or what I would do, obviously you're going to sign your big boys that are up for contract, but I would love to try and put together a bundle for someone like Seth Jones and see what they'll accept I mean it's not that you're gonna always sign the guy but at least throw something together and put your name in the ring so that's probably what I would do uh, for me at least the most current thing is I'm going to Ian Clark and I'm getting a deal done I'm a little bit nervous that they haven't signed him yet they've said they're making a big push they typically don't lie about that kind of stuff so I think they are but if I'm Jim Benning I'm making 100% sure a deal gets done because that guy is vital to the success of this team in my opinion so many more, but we're going to cap it at that because we don't have that much time. And I think in this offseason especially, like I mentioned earlier in the show, this offseason will determine a lot moving forward. It's really important that the moves Jim Benning makes will positively influence the team moving forward, and I think the best way for him to do that is to buy out Louis Erickson, try to move on from some bad contracts. Maybe if he's really smart about it, Get Seattle, give Seattle more to take off uh, uh, an Anton Roussel or a uh, Jay Beagle off your hands, assuming Beagle isn't on the LTIR, to clear up some space uh, cap-wise and roster space for some young talents. The Canucks have a lot of young players on the team that they could give shots to next season, including, like I mentioned before, Jet Wu and uh, Vasily Podkolzin. So I think the best play would be to move out some, some space for those guys. Makes sense. Hopefully that answers your question to one degree or another. And this, this is a Vancouver-based podcast. We do talk about the Canucks a lot. So uh, stay tuned in the offseason, especially the episode right before free agency opens up, because that's when we will do most of our uh, discussing and uh, looking into what we think the best positions and ideas for the Canucks would be. Well, the episode before and after, because we'll have quite a bit of speculation before it happens. And afterwards, I'm sure we will probably have some pretty strong opinions on what did happen. So, so uh, left in the inbox, we have one more question, which will probably be the final topic of today's episode. Uh, outside of, of course, of course, Tyler's surprise headline. That being, who deserves the Vesna? out of the three finalists? And that question comes from Adam Bennett, friend of the show, Adam Bennett. So, uh, who are the three finalists? We have Marc-Andre Fleury, Philip Grubauer, and Andre Vasilevsky. And my opinion on this is Philip Grubauer. I feel like other people are going to say differently, but yes, I think he put together a strong season with a lot of new young defensemen in front of him. And, I mean, they won the President's Trophy. They're looking to go a long ways, and sometimes those accolades kind of play into the favor of the goalies. So, uh, yeah, Grubauer is my choice. Well, usually I pick 
my Vesna candidates and winners based off of a couple pretty key things. But the biggest one is usually which team has the weakest defense because that team's goalie is usually the one doing the most work. And all of these teams actually have pretty solid defensive cores. However, I think I got to give it to Vasilevsky simply because of the division they played in. I think he's playing against more high-end talent. I think he's doing more work back there. Whether or not that makes him the most talented goalie of the season is up for debate, but that's where my pick would be going. I'm going to go off the board. Are you going to pick a... Oh my God, he's going to pick UC Soros. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. God. I, should, wait. I cannot... Everyone turn your mics. Heck, turn, 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 turn your speakers down, everyone listening to this. I cannot believe that I didn't see this coming. Like, I... As soon as he said, hey, I really want to make sure we get into the Vezina stuff, I should have known. Oh, he's, he's, oh, if he was two inches taller, he'd be the best goalie on the planet. <laughs> Fucking shit. Go ahead. You know, there's nothing I can say to... Whatever. Go ahead, man. I'm just going to buckle in and wait for it to be over. Enjoy the ride, everyone. Any Preds fans out there, you can just get the tissues out now. The Vaseline. Here it comes. The Vaselinski. Um. <laughs> Andre Vaselinski. Right. Oh, we love it. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Should, should we just turn our mics off to conserve some energy here? Because I feel like this one's going to be all you. You know what? So here's my take on it. I think that these three goalies that ended up being the finalists are all good goalies, but the Vesna Trophy every year pisses me off because it's always a good team. You never see a bad team with a great goalie win the Vesna. Like a few years ago, it was, I think, Antti Ranta or uh, Hutchinson, or it was one of the goalies out of Phoenix that made it to the, the top three. And I was like, that's awesome because they didn't have a great season. But then Vasilevsky won it that year or something. It was a great team. And as much as a, a goalie deserves to win the Vesna, it just doesn't make sense how it's always a great team, the goalie wins the Vesna. Even though I'm, those things are somewhat related. I'm going to let you get right back to it, but just to relate it for Canucks fans out there, think about Ryan Miller in like 2016 17. One of the best goalies in the league stopped us from fit, from just breaking the record for least amount of points in a season. He stood on his head. So we were a terrible team. We that's were the point. <laughs> that was, I was finished. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you can talk. So are you saying Nashville's a bad team? Because you said... Uh, okay, you what? guys know where I'm going with this. You guys know where I'm going with this. But for the people that don't, here's where I'm going with it. Nashville started this season abysmal. They were... I, I mean... There was conversation that the Nashville Predators should trade Matias Ekholm. I mean, and he's been one of their best players for years. So, what happened? What changed? How did they make the playoffs? Well, the first thing that changed is UC Soros stepped up and started playing phenomenally. He's had, he had an amazing save percentage this year. The team changed from being a seller to a buyer at the deadline, where the Granted, their buy was Eric Goodbranson, but still. Third overall pick, baby. <laughs> Elite defenseman NHL Goodbranson. Certified yeah, guy, Eric Goodbranson. Certified guy that you look up to. <laughs> Another episode two reference. Yeah. Oh, man. We got to stop doing that. Yeah. We got to start. Like, we can't reference anything earlier than, like, episode seven. Because I think that's when these got good. So, as I was saying... Um, the team completely pivoted, and it was because of the play of UC Soros. Um, you can look at the numbers from the players on the team and how they spiked. You can look at the play of the team and how it spiked. He dragged that team from the pits of the NHL to making the playoffs. And I know that this, isn't take, this doesn't get taken into consideration when they look at the Vesna, but he almost stole that first-round series for the Preds. So I think that if we were looking at it as who was the most valuable goalie of the regular season, I would give it to UC Soros or some other goalie that may have been similar to, to his play. I can't say for certain it would be him because I wasn't paying attention to all 31 goalies in the league, but I think that he had to... Like, it it, sh it kind of shocks me that he wasn't even in the top three because, I mean, he... He, his play was incredible. This There's year. some other pretty good goalies that weren't mentioned too. Halibuck wasn't in there. Yeah. Right. And yeah, he had a solid year. Right. And I, I think if he was two inches shorter, he'd be awful. So, <laughs> what about what about Cam Talbot? 
Kemp Minnesota Wild. That's a great point. Yeah, Kemp Talbot he had, had a great, great year, and he didn't great even bounce get back year. Yeah, that's a great, great point. Another goalie that was in Edmonton that went to Minnesota there you and go, got a Minnesota. lot better. There you go, Minnesota fan. <laughs> hey, we got, you got one a for good you. goalie. If you're still here, <laughs> you got a you good goalie. You got a, Cal- a Calder winner. Yeah. What What more could you ask for other than a relevant <laughs> franchise? <laughs> so yeah, there's my take on on the best. No, that's that's a, that's a fair point, and I 100 percent ag- agree that. Sometimes it should be a bad team with a good goalie. Yeah. No, you're, you're completely right. And it's always right. a good team with a goalie that doesn't have to do as much, that just has very good stats because he has to make four saves a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four hard saves a game. You know, m- most of my anger with you bringing it up wasn't, that, wasn't the take itself. It was, again, the fact that I didn't see it coming <laughs> because it was so obvious. You put so much emphasis that you wanted to talk about that. Yeah. It, oh, it should have been... I'm, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's brutal. Um, now something that I have looked forward to all week. And what's that, Marcus? It's Tyler's surprise, surprise headline. headline. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It might make you abandon your four-year-old in the driver's seat of a vehicle <laughs> and leave a crime scene. It's Tyler's surprise headline. I'm not kidding. Every week I do that, I have a solid two seconds where I'm like, what the fuck was last week's <laughs> like, like, always. Yeah. And, like, I'll, I'll think of, like, other ones, and I'm like, fuck, which one was last week? <laughs> and every time I get nervous halfway through, I'm like, they're going to call me out and be like, you fucking idiot. That was an old one. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. I would just let you run with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then later, what an idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Marcus, you want to go back and listen? Oh, this must be the vaccinated fan side of the, <laughs> of the stadium. Speaking of vaccinations, that's where my headline comes <laughs> right, from. All right, all right. Um, so it's coming from West Virginia. Ooh, where back to this. Take out. me home. <laughs> Country road. <laughs> I'm going to upload this to Spotify and it's going to get charted. <laughs> Top 60 sportscast songs. So, West Virginia, I'm guessing they're having an issue getting people to come get vaccinated. That's crazy. The government is actually giving out incentives mm-hmm. for people to get vaccinated. So, so like they're paying people? There's cash prizes. There's Prizes. scholarships. What? And guns. And guns. <laughs> <laughs> there are five guns. So I guess it's like a raffle. <laughs> oh my god. And so I guess everyone who goes and gets vaccinated gets entered into this draw. They can pick. And yeah, they draw. And people get guns cashered. <laughs> That's the most American thing I've ever seen. It's like, really? They're just handing out guns? You know... You get a gun. Yeah. <laughs> you get a gun. Get vaccinated. You get a gun. Yeah. All right. So I, U.S. government is just handing out guns to anyone willing to get the vaccine, which everyone else in the world has just done because it's the common sense thing to do. But down there, they need incentives. Yep. Wow. And you know what's funny is I heard a similar story, which was what I thought you were going to say, yep. and it was in some parts of the states they're giving people a beer with their vaccine. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so yes. They're walking in, getting the vaccine, and coming out with like a Coors Light or something. Definitely yeah. not a Molson Canadian <laughs> for that guy, yeah. wherever he went. Man, it's crazy. No, that's that's uh, Steph. Steph. Oh, that was, oh, sorry, that was Steph that was talking about that. Right, right. Yeah, no, in Canada, we just have the Bud Light Seltzer guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just dances around at the entrance. Dude, that guy's everywhere. I know. <laughs> What was the thing you just sent me? He was hanging out with yeah. Ryan Kessler on his <laughs> yeah. lake in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's a segment that's starting on Sportsnet. I'm excited for this, June by the 5th way. June 5th to 13th. And it's called Kess's House. And it's basically just going to be like an interview style show where he interviews random celebrities and they play games in his house. So is yeah. he still doing that Kess and Juice podcast? Actually, I haven't listened to that yet. Less competition. Let's go. Yeah, yeah I don't know <laughs> how regularly here. they uploaded to that or even how long it lasted. I remember yeah. when it started, but I don't know how many episodes they did. Yeah. I was, I was looking at the roster of people that are going to be on Kess's house, though. Yeah. And there's, like, Eugenie Bouchard, which, like, you can kind of yeah. assume. They're going to have some Canadian stars. 
there's um, uh, Mark, Mor- Mark McMorris and his brother, who are the snowboarders. Yep. Yeah. And the one that I think most people are interested about is Post Malone's going to be on there. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, of course he is, because Post Malone just does, does anything. everything. <laughs> Did you see I sent you that one video where he's like singing in country style, and he sounds like a legitimate... Yeah. Like, well, he's country- from Texas, right? Like, he's, yeah. he's a country boy. Yeah. So. It's just... Yeah, I threw yeah. me off. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to this one, guys. This has been episode nine of the Vancouver Boys podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Marcus. And I'm Tyler. And uh, yeah, you can find us on Instagram at the Vancouver Boys podcast. Uh, Same tag on TikTok at Vancouver Boys podcast. Or if you would like to email us for any serious business uh, opportunities, you can email us at uh, VancouverBoysHockey at gmail.com. Usually we like to end our podcasts in a fun, lighthearted way, but in light of recent events uh, in Kamloops and the discovery of the 215 uh, souls, we would like to leave the uh, last bit of our podcast as a moment of silence for those that have been lost. So thank you for listening to episode nine, and we'll catch you next week.